Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute. It's the daily podcast in which we analyze Man of Steel by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can find me on social media at NoClutchNate. And my name is Rebecca Johnson, and you can follow me on Twitter at DerbyKid. That's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us this week. Uh, you are the co-host or just the only host of Supergirl Radio? I am, I am a co-host of Supergirl Radio. There are three of us, Carly Lane and Morgan Glennon, are my co-hosts. And uh, we talk about the CW Supergirl TV series. And we also look at Supergirl comics. So if you're into that, check us out. Cool. Awesome. And I think uh, Sam was mentioning the other day, I think you also help him with justice league universe podcast now right yes he was nice enough to invite me on to help him analyze help him and the entire team analyze wonder woman so i get to contribute to that podcast as well awesome that's great when we get to wonder woman minute we would definitely like you to be on that show as well <laughs> all right sounds and good other films donna justice suicide squad just be, well, a, be a returning guest for all of them. Well, <laughs> I, I, I do like to think of myself as somewhat of an expert on Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. So uh, if you do need someone, oh, give yeah. me a call. Give me a call. Yeah, I've seen some of your videos, like the ones about Lex Luthor and whatnot. Yeah. It's good stuff. Thank you. Um, so you're a big fan of Man of Steel? I yes. am. I am. I think I saw it <laughs> 10 times in the theater. Uh, 10? Yeah. Yeah. I went, I went a little overboard. Uh, but I, I love this movie. It, it's kind of my perfect Superman movie. So I, I have seen it many more times than I can count. I don't think there's a number big enough, really. Z- zero numbers big enough. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think I've, the film, the superhero film that I've seen the most in theaters is now tied between Avengers and Wonder Woman. In theaters, you've seen them? Yeah, three times Mm. each. Mm. Um, But today, we are talking about Man of Steel, number minute 116. And the minute's going to start with uh, Nathan Hardy telling Lois Lane that it's up to her and Hamilton now. (laughs) And then the minute ends with Hardy handing the reins of the aircraft to his co-pilot. Co-pilot. Yeah, co-pilot's aircraft. Co-pilot's aircraft. That guy looks super nervous when he was kind of <laughs> like, he was like, co-pilot's aircraft. <laughs> oh, just, oh, man. <laughs> it's exactly what his like facial expression was. He's, All right, Kevin, your time to shine. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? My question is, uh, what are the jobs of uh, Lois Lane and Emil Hamilton? <laughs> is that your one question? No, that's not my one question, okay. but... I was trying to, like, I, I only have one and only question for this minute, and I don't know why, because as I was watching it, I feel like I was questioning so much about it, but I just couldn't bring myself to write them down. So I was just hoping that they would just come about as we're talking about them. I don't know if I just couldn't form them correctly, but I think this is exactly what I was thinking. Like, why, why is it up to them now? That's it. It's just those are the only two people on that big plane. It's like, hey... We did our job. We got the plane in the air. We're coming to you guys. Now it's your job. Yeah, that's kind of my question, too. Um, now, I'm not trying to, you know, we're not, again, not pointing fingers or poking fun at this movie. We love it. It's amazing. But, again, it's just, what are their jobs? It's just going back to that question of why does Lois Lane, <laughs> why is she getting all that information in Antarctica? Why else was she... Uh, in the interrogation room, all these things. Oh, you're saying, like, why is Northcom, like, putting so much faith and trust into a reporter? 
like yeah that's a very brash way of putting it i mean i i understand the roles of lois lane and her you know uh influence in comic book culture and whatnot. well mm-hmm. well narratively in this movie she has a lot of knowledge or at least experience of kryptonian elements she's been in space with these kryptonians she's seen their ship she's uh, dealt with this key before so she she's shot like kryptonian guns you know and she's faced these people yeah. so i actually really appreciate that the people in the military rely on lois especially because she has experience and knowledge of these things that they don't and she might have some inside knowledge so i really like that and i think what i really like about this minute especially is that lois and hamilton and even colonel colonel hardy they are just average, everyday, regular humans. They don't have superpowers, but they are entrusted to help save the world. And I, that's one of the things I really love about this movie is that Superman does a lot. He does a lot to save the world, and he does the most important thing, which is destroy the world engine. But in this minute especially, it shows that the, you know, the, just regular people like you and me have uh, the capacity to help save the world too. So I really love that about this minute. Hell yeah. Amen. I think that's probably, um, you can attest that to, like, you know, Superman's greatest ability, which is his power to influence people to want to be heroes themselves, even though they're not super powered. So that could be something that you're like, you know, these people went from being basically nobodies to trying to be heroes of their own. So. And succeeding. Yeah. And, you know, arguably Lois Lane is still the main character of this movie. See through her eyes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. you know, she she is. It's good to have her entrusted in this. It's just like everything is just so vague when it comes down to her duties. I to me, it's not Lois Lane that's questionable. To me, it was Emil Hamilton. What was you know? What is his purpose on the plane? Oh well, he knew what terraforming was, so you gotta bring him along. <laughs> okay. Um, is it the retrofitting of the spaceship? Is that what he? Is that what he was doing? Did he actually do anything? I think they just turned on the hyperdrive. I, hmm. I'm trying to think back because they were like, we've retrofitted the Phantom Drive. This, this is Zod. No. Wait. Yeah, this is Zod retrofitting. No, that's, so we're talking about a different thing. What is he there for? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure they turned it into a bomb is what they did. They just have to arm it now. Yeah, I think I think that's it. I I think for Hamilton, I think he's he's more of just like a consultant, which is actually great because he's the one who ends up realizing that uh, the solution to the problem, which I which I think is great. Um, So he he does have a role there. And what I thought was cool that and I've seen this movie so many times, but I never (laughs) have realized that. uh, Well, and I guess we'll get to that later. But um, he does play a, a a key element in in fixing the problem of the moment so i think he's just more i see him as a consultant on this mission lois has more of the hands-on experience with the with the key but i think he's more of a consultant yeah lois lane does have like as of right now i want to say she has more knowledge of kryptonian technology than even cal l does like I don't know. They both, in this instance, the knowledge of Kryptonian technology that you guys are referring to is them placing the command key in the already <laughs> space okay, hole. Sure, yeah. <laughs> if it fits in the, just put the key in there. Like we all get it, right? So, yeah. I mean, even Lex Jr. kind of figures that out later on in life. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you're right. I'm not dogging on it, but you know, um, I think Lois and Cal are on the same level of knowledge. Hmm. Well, then let's talk about Cal because then the scene changes back to over what uh, what's happening in the Indian Ocean. And what happened last week is Kal-El finally destroyed the world engine um, and I guess kind of hurt himself in the process of destroying it. I mean, that thing was like pounding down on him with all the gravity. and then Yeah, he but he, he went through shot it. through it, yeah. came out one side of it, yeah. and then I guess has landed uh, amidst a rocky formation out in the Indian Ocean. Sure. And um, so what we get here is kind of like uh, him kind of disoriented, but he's holding his hand out towards the sun. Mm-hmm. And you kind of hear the melody of Krypton. It's kind of like that humming ballad that uh, sounds like something, uh, you know, a parent would hum to a child as like at a young age. So it kind of takes you back to the moment of, uh, of him as a child in Krypton. And I wasn't sure if this is supposed to just be a moment of calmness or is that music supposed to cue that, you know, something Kryptonian is happening with, like, his his abilities? Is it like, you know, like, oh, we're playing this music and he's reaching out towards the sun because we want you to understand that he's, like, regaining his strength or something? It's, I mean, it's probably a little bit of both. The first time we did see him do this, I guess, was when he was learning how to fly after he flew through the mountain. He did look up, look up at the sun and kind of mm-hmm. bask in it, if you will. Okay. This is actually the, the where my one question stands. <clears throat> Excuse me. So he reaches out to the sun and everything. And I formulated this. I don't know. It's kind of... I feel like I've always wondered what this is, but never actually cared to say it out loud. What do you think Cal feels when he is regaining his energy from the sun? Do you think it's like just like a warming sensation? Like literally, what do you think he is he feeling? I don't know. Is it like kind of like a... No, see, I can't even relate it to anything that we would feel here. Do you think? <laughs> what do you think, Rebecca? I, I, I like the idea that it sort of warms him back up because that, that is what the sun does. Uh, but I think it's maybe just like a, like a re-energizing of his, of his body. So anytime you feel re-energized, that might be what he's feeling like <laughs> times a million. Um, but I like the idea that the use of the, the Krypton music is a way to con- connect him to his Kryptonian heritage and the fact that he is a Kryptonian who uses the sun to have superpowers. But I also think that the music there is uh, a way to connect to his birth because we hear that music during the, the time of Kal-El, baby Kal-El's birth. And so I like the connection of him being re-energized to maybe like a rebirth, like he's being uh, sort of born again and, and getting that strength back. So yeah, I think that's a, a really cool way to connect that back to his Kryptonian heritage. Yeah, absolutely. Solid. Uh, do we do we have any references to like what's going on here, like in a comic book or anything? The only thing I could think of was, I don't know why, but it's, it's also referenced in the next film. But kind of like in The Dark Knight Returns when he's hit by the nuke, but then he kind of... Yeah. But there's got to be other... I mean, there's so many others. It's just... It, you can't just pinpoint. Where he, well, I was just trying to think... No, I was trying to think, like, verbatim almost. Not like, okay, like, he's weak, he's reaching for the sun. Like, just any... I was like, is there, like, a parallel, like, something that he probably took, like, Zack Snyder probably took Like, from, panel for panel? Almost, yeah. I'm just I trying mean, to think. And the only thing I could think I could think of was Dark Knight Returns, but I think that's not accurate. just might be not accurate. Been shoved down your throat so much. 
Hmm. Yeah, I don't know that there's a, an actual panel that's that's like that uh, specifically, but there are, there are, I mean there are many versions of it in it's the countless. comics and and even mm-hmm. in uh, Superman Returns that I think there's a moment haven't watched it in a while, but there's a moment where Superman flies up into the sun, sort of in the air above the clouds. So mm-hmm. yeah, that that. But I think it's done really, really well in this movie. Like the shot composition is just absolutely perfect, where the his hand is in the middle, and it's almost like he's trying to grab the sun. So I, I really like the way it was visually depicted in this one. Yeah, and then like with his hand kind of like in the foreground of the shot, mm-hmm. the sunlight kind of bathes. Uh, his hand almost in in the sunlight, so you actually get this feeling of like this the warmth of the sun. Yeah, is like kind of like grasping at something. Yeah, so yeah, it is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, since because this is such a little moment of calmness, like kind of like eye of the storm almost. Um, it then has like this buzzing alarm that it cuts back to over at the AC one thirty, and so they have unlocked the ramp. Is it an AC-130 or is it a C-17? We never went back and actually looked up what Hardy says. I think it's a C-17. You think it's a C-17? Yeah, he's like, we get a thing, maxes out at this, so we could drop it. All right. All right. Whatever. <laughs> I tried looking it up uh, this you morning. You tried? <laughs> I tried, but I didn't, I didn't care enough to find out. Um, but yeah, so they got the ramp unlocked now. They're... Um, the the ramp kind of opens up it shows a couple f-35s following i know those ships so you know yeah at least i know that yeah um and then yeah so while the while the load masters as they're referred to later by colonel hardy are preparing the bomb um there's an establishing shot of kal-el's ship itself and um i noticed with all the wind blowing this might be a continuity error i'm not sure but because the ramp's open you see a lot of paper flying around and you see like you just know that it's very windy inside that cargo yeah. hold right now. And I feel like there's this tarp that's on top of the ship that doesn't move at all. And I wasn't sure if that was like a, if that is a tarp or if that's part of the ship itself. But there's like this like... The ship has a cape? <laughs> it just doesn't move. That's the problem with it. This, um, if you're looking at like... If you're following minute by minute and you're looking at seconds 32... What are you looking at? So you see this top part of the Kal-El ship and it has like this bubbling kind of looks like a tarp but it doesn't move at all uh even though it's very windy and you see paper like i don't know that's what not, that's that's part of the ship man no i don't think so yeah because everything else is so smooth on the outside and then you have like this you have these strings and this tarp that's like bungeed down and it doesn't move what is that that's not it look at that shape yeah I, i'm pretty sure it's a tarp but i could be wrong but I don't think I am. So let's leave that at that. I think it's not right. moving, and that's, uh, you know, someone forgot to add the CGI wind to that. Sure. Um, so that's one of my little gripes there. But it's still, it's still okay. I'll let it pass. It's cool. Um, uh, Lois tries to insert the command key, uh, and, of course, it doesn't work. Something, something else is now a problem. Um, oh boy! And if you're seeing this film for the first time, um, what are your thoughts on what's wrong? Because I was watching it. I, I've been I haven't seen this movie since I started doing the minute by minute format, so I kind of forgot about what the real solution is without spoiling it. But I thought she entered the command key like sideways or something, or like <laughs> wrong. And I was like, is that really going to be the issue? Is that it needs to be turned the other way so that it fits correctly? No, you're, you're close. <laughs> 
well, yeah, wrong, wrong object, but yeah. <laughs> um, just kind of thinking like, what do you guys think is, is the issue here? <laughs> Yo, that's not a tarp on the ship. You remember when Feyre jumped down there and she shoved her hands in it and ripped it open? It's probably like the, you know, like blast shields or something like that of like the cockpit or whatever. Hmm. And it's like, and, and you know, they probably couldn't close it. And that might be, again, I mean, something that we can address in next minute, but... I don't think it's a tarp. I think it's it's Feyre where she damaged. Yeah, the when ship. she ripped it open, okay. it had like those flaps that came out. Sorry, I didn't mean no, to. No, you're fine. Yeah. Switch and change it all up. At least, but it, at least we cleared that issue. I just thought about <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, when you guys first saw it, did you guys think of there were any issues for the? It kind of this. My feelings kind of co- coincide with this minute and the next minute when they figure out the problem, and it was still just like a, like a, huh. Like why? Why was that the issue? I feel like something more technical could have been wrong with it. Well, and then I, again, it's a uh, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I have to remember that this this ship and the key are alien, and there there's something that we wouldn't understand. Like Lois and Hamilton, like even Hardy. Like I don't even know that Superman. Well, well, he figures it out when he goes to the to the fortress. Um, but they they wouldn't know. I mean, if if I even now when I work on like my computers and stuff, if I have a problem, it takes a while for me to troubleshoot what's wrong. Like to have <laughs> to, for them to have an alien key that they've never really used a lot, it would be something. Even if it was a simple solution, it would be very alien and different. So I, I try not to judge them <laughs> when this problem comes around because it would be something very strange and different from what they're all used to. So, yeah, so, you know, Colonel Hardy's kind of waiting for them to arm the bomb, and he says, Loadmasters, is the package Secure. armed, Yeah. and are we ready to drop? Uh, and then one of the Loadmasters says, negative, Guardian, and um, Lois Lane says, there's something wrong, it's not supposed to do this, and Emil Hamilton says, well, what's it supposed to do? <laughs> uh, I don't know if this is Richard Schiff, like, <clears throat> just, like, because he kind of seems like typecasted like this kind of character seems extremely uh just almost too calm about the situation like colonel hardy's kind of like what's going on are we armed we ready to drop lois lane's like it's not like it's not supposed to do this and he's just like what's it supposed to do it's like are you not like are you are you here right now why didn't they give him a flight suit lois has a flight suit does she have a flight suit yeah she's yeah, in she like a does. jumpsuit yeah she does they haven't been giving her anything this whole time. So she gets a flight suit. Here you go. They finally gave her something. Like they never gave. They've never given her like a bulletproof vest or a helmet or anything. So I just didn't assume that they would give them anything from this point on. Maybe she just found the flight suit. It was like I'm gonna wear this. <laughs> Probably. That's a good question because um, Hamilton does have some like military. Like he has a military jacket on, but he doesn't have a flight suit. That's good. That's a good thing. I didn't even notice that. I'm thinking, like, what kind of safety precautions are they giving these people, this reporter and then this scientist who obviously has, you know, Einstein-level brain and knows what terraforming is. Um, you know, and the other guy, the guy with the loadmaster, the annoying loadmaster, has a helmet. Why is he uh, annoying? We got a problem with him. Oh, we'll get there. Oh, yeah? yeah. <laughs> okay. I see how it is. It's just a guy trying to do his job. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I just feel like this is 
not just an Emil Hamilton Hamilton thing, but a Richard Schiff thing. It's just, just so calm in the presence of danger. It's like you're trying to arm a bomb here, man. Like you're about to drop this on an alien ship, and he's just kind of like, "Well, what's it supposed to do?" Maybe he's just like you know, spocking it out, thinking logically about everything. He has to remain calm. Yeah, like you have to, otherwise, you know, you lose control of everything. Mm-hmm. Well. Could be. It- in his defense, nothing serious has happened just yet. It will come in the next couple of minutes, but nothing's really dangerous. They're flying into danger, but at this moment when they are talking, nothing has really dangerously, uh, nothing dangerous has happened just yet. So uh, in his defense, he's probably not worried just yet. Hmm. Fair enough. Did you guys have anything else for this minute? No, sir. Uh, I was just laughing about Lois because she says uh, when it when it doesn't when it doesn't go in all the way she says you gotta be kidding me and I I just relate to that so much when something goes wrong that I don't expect like if I expect something to work and it doesn't I, I just I just think that's such a, a real and human thing for her to say in that moment you gotta be kidding me so I she, I, re- uh, I really enjoy that she also tries to like force it in she like grabs it and like pulls it down a little bit to see if it will go in and then like that's also just a like a natural thing someone would do it's like because normally they they like everyone in the movie and the next film they like allow the key itself to just like magnetically like go into the the port but she like when it like it doesn't go in at first she like grabs it and tries to push it in and it's like yep that's that's a valid response that's what anyone would do um so yeah that is pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I think uh, we'll go ahead and wrap up for today. If you love everything you heard, definitely check out Supergirl Radio and Justice League Universe Podcast, which um, Rebecca contributes to as well. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow here on DC Cinematic Minute.